0: Close my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in so much clearer now. Getting a little bit harder. But I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never going to stop. I'm getting good. Oh, shoot. Yeah.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I have a very exciting episode for today. But before we get into it, I wanted to tell you guys that my Back to the Basics course has reopened. Enrollment has opened again, and it's going to be open for a week. It's going to close on June 13th, so next week, Monday. I'm so excited about this course being opened again. I had about 80 students enroll when I opened it last time, and I wanted to open it up again because I keep getting so many people asking for it to be open. So here it is. It is open for a week. This course is designed to help you go go full-time in your photography. Honestly, I designed this course to go back to the basics. It's exactly like it sounds like. It covers all of the basics, marketing, shooting, editing. Literally, there's so much in this course. So I will link it in the description of this episode, but I just wanted to start off the episode and remind you guys, if you've been waiting for this course to open up, here it is. Here's your chance. And I would love to have you a part of this course. It's I I love this course so much. And I'm so excited that it's open again. All right. So let's get into today's episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of oh shoot today. I am interviewing Jai Long. Um, I'm very, very excited for this interview. So Jai say hi, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, tell everyone who you are, kind of what you do. Introduce yourself.
0: Hey, so thanks for having me on the show. Um, My name is Jai Long. I'm a business coach. I've been a wedding photographer for the past eight to 10 years. And um, I'm based here in Australia. Cool. That's pretty much me.
1: Awesome. (laughs) So how did you get started in photography then? So I know you said you're like a business coach, but how did the photography side get started?
0: Well, it's a it's a very long story, um, but just in, in short, I was an electrician and I was working in the mines and I really did not like what I was doing. And um, I was working in the mines because I had a failed business before this business and I was trying to make all my money back. So yeah. after work, I would just go and uh, I bought a camera and I would just go and take photos of anything and everything. Um, okay. And I started falling in love with photography. And then so after a while um, – Just one day randomly before I even probably knew how to use my camera or anything basically I just said like you know what I'm gonna be a full-time wedding photographer I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow and I did and the rest is history
1: (laughs) yeah you literally just did it I feel like for people it's either or like they spend a lot of time like thinking about it and like planning or they're just like you know what I'm just gonna do it and that's what you did yeah
0: (laughs) There was no planning. And, uh, and trust me when I say I was so naive that it's actually silly.
1: Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah it, that comes with the territory. I feel like there are so many things I was naive about too. And now I'm like, cool. <laughs> why, why did I do that? But
0: mm-hmm. it's just kind
1: of how it goes. So you kind of went full time right into it. I normally ask people like, yeah. how did you go full time? But you literally just you just went full time. You know time. what?
0: Like it's a real funny story because when I went full time, um, I, I had a really cushy job. I worked my way up that corporate ladder and my, as an electrician. Right. And so mm-hmm. my boss paid my rent for me. He paid for my food. He paid for everything. Wow. And so, um, for the last couple of years, I, I was sort of like babysat in a sense where I didn't pay any of my own bills. And, um, and so when I decided to quit my job, I didn't have any work booked in. So that was hurdle number 1 and number 2 all my bills came back. So right. it was it was um it was a wake up call really quick cuz I was like shit I probably should have I don't know if I can swear but I probably should have <laughs> okay. um I probably should have booked some work in before I quit my job to go full time as a wedding photographer. But right. Yeah, How did hindsight. you get
1: those first like initial bookings? Like what did you What did you do?
0: (laughs) Well, the biggest drama was um, in Melbourne, Australia, where I was at the time in 2013. People didn't get married in winter here; it just wasn't a thing. And later on, it did change. Um, I helped change it, but back then, like you, just didn't do that. And so, I quit my job going into winter, and I realized no matter how many booking—I mean, like people I meet with—I'm not going to actually book work or get money until summer, until the summer months. So, um. I had to think real quick and what I did was I walked out. I had a pretty nice car. It was worth about $25,000. Um, I sold it for 20000 that day, just put a sign on there to get rid of it. Um, went in the house, I sold my TV and sold all my stuff that I owned. And then I bought uh, two tickets to the U.S. with Lelou because it was summer over there. And okay. because I knew it was summer, I knew people were getting married. And we went over there for three months, which is the max that we were allowed to be there. And mm-hmm. I just put shout outs everywhere and I shot as many weddings as I could for free. So just to fill up my time and my yeah. portfolio and making myself look busy and become an international wedding photographer, um I right. shot about eight amazing weddings for free. yeah,
1: that's so cool. And did you have like a big like, how were you able to find those people? Was it like through Instagram or like what, what were you doing to like? Well, you I'm, know, I'm actually,
0: car- well, it's a really good question. And one thing that was really hard in 2013, if you can remember back, there was no DMs on Instagram. There wasn't right. the stories either. So it was actually really hard to connect with people on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so I did have a few followers like back then I thought I was famous. I think I had probably a, like maybe a thousand under a thousand followers. And I was like, man, this right. is, this is it, you know? But um, like
1: back then that was a lot like, yeah, it was. exactly.
0: I was like people know me. <laughs> 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 and, and I think, um, the one of the main things I did straight away is I contacted all the wedding blogs, um, and I told them my story. So then they, they actually featured, a article saying that I'm going to be doing this. Another thing I did is I contacted every wedding photographer that actually did follow me that were in the States. And I said, can you please refer me anything? I'm going to come over. I'm going to shoot for free and I can bring you some value. I can do whatever. I contacted Mm -hmm. wedding venues before I went there, contacted, um, wedding planners and stylists, and basically just got on the emails for like, two weeks before I actually flew over and I made as many connections as I could. And then when I got there, literally, because we were on a budget, I slept on people's couches. I asked if I could sleep on people's couches. I'd shoot a wedding. I'd ask a guest if I could sleep on their couch. And then they would have a friend that's getting married. And then it kind of just kept propelling us forward until by the end we shot eight. But at the start, we only had like one wedding booked in. So they sort of just kept coming and coming.
1: Oh, wow. I am such a planner. I could never do that. Like it would stress me out not knowing like, (laughs) where i would sleep you know like that you'd hate my
0: life then yeah
1: (laughs) i like so me and my husband just went on this road trip for like it was about a month like around the u.s and we like the all of the like day by day i planned out every single day with like the Mm -hmm. hotels and everything and i just feel like i could never do that so good for you that's awesome
0: Yeah, it was pretty crazy and I was also very naive because when I went over there, I wanted to like sort of hitchhike and do stuff like that, but people Mm -hmm. told me straight away that the country is a little bit more dangerous than Australia and you shouldn't (laughs) be doing things like that and I kind of learned that pretty quick as well and um, yeah, yeah, so we had to adapt and pivot and change and I did a lot of like like volunteering and worldwide organic farming just for food and stuff, so um, yeah. It was a wild time, but right. it, it was literally me in survive mode trying to make my break, and I didn't let anyone or anything stop me,
1: yeah, no, that's yeah. that's so cool. That's a really cool story. um yeah. wow, uh, I feel like I could talk <laughs> more on that or like that I could ask more about that, but I think I want to transition into talking about some of our topics for today's episode, so yeah, of course, one of the big things that I wanted to talk to you about was pricing because I think that's like. For me, I get asked about that all the time. But I think that's, like, the big question that a lot of people don't love, like, photographers don't love talking about because it's just so mm-hmm. wishy-washy. Like, it, it varies photographer to photographer. So, um, in your opinion, what do you think photographers should, like, price themselves at? And how should they arrive at that number? Like, what what's kind of your advice <laughs> for? I know it's it's very – I'm basically saying, how do you price yourself? But, like, genuinely, like, what would you say –
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to say on this one. Um, I don't know if you, if uh, you remember, but last year at the wedding photography summit, I was talking to Gary V and he was Mm -hmm. saying, um, like to all the wedding photographers, he was saying like, um, unless someone's paying, unless someone's knocking on your door, you ain't worth shit. And that's kind of like what he said. And, um, Like I talk about this a lot but it's funny because I shoot for free and I have done since the start and I had a lot of hate back then because people didn't see my vision. Now people are starting to come around but I still shoot for free and I still do things for free. What people don't realize is a lot of educators say like charge what you're worth and um, it kind of falls on deaf ears for a lot of people because for one – no one knows what you're worth and you don't even know what you're worth, right? So yeah. um, it's kind of a blah, like it's a very blanket statement that someone once said and, and a lot of the times in the in the educational space, someone will say something, come up something and everyone repeats it and, it, and then it goes for yeah. about three years or four years until <laughs> someone changes it, right? And right. you see this over and over and over and so this is one of them but it's, it sticks and it says charge what you're worth um, and never undercut the market and, and don't devalue yourself and stuff and mm-hmm. I think people are not actually taught the tools and tangible things of like, what does that actually mean and how much am I worth? And I can tell you how much you're worth, like you're worth how much someone's willing to pay you and that's it. And people think they're worth more than that or less than that. And the problem is you are always worth more than that and you shouldn't put your price, uh, you shouldn't put your value to a price point because then you're working Mm -hmm. for a paycheck and then you might as well have a job, you know? So it's, it's an interesting concept to think like that. If you're a creative entrepreneur and you're putting your value to what someone is paying you, and then that's what makes up your worth. Like that's not your worth. Your worth is way more than that. But if your worth is more than that, and then you're willing to do it for less, there's always something else that you can get from it. So if I walk into a room and let's say I don't get paid in in cash money. And Hey man, I'm a creative entrepreneur. I've worked a lot for free. And sometimes I regret Mm -hmm. it. Sometimes I don't. Um, but I walk into the room, I'm like, okay, so I need to get paid in something else. Who do I need to know? What conversations do I need to have? What connections do I need to make? What rooms do I need to be in? What skill do I need to learn? What portfolio piece do I need from this? And I think about all the things that I need. That's going to get me the paycheck, right? Because, and this is the honest truth. And this is, this is actually what no, um, photographer thinks about but this is how pricing works and this if you want a sustainable business to make a lot of money it's not about how much you you charge per wedding it's about the average order per client now this is such a simple concept that no one ever thinks about but think about this if i went and shot a wedding for free and then from that wedding i shot i booked two paying clients right and each Mm. paying client paid me three thousand dollars each so now i got paid six grand so an average order means I didn't actually get – it wasn't free, the first one. It means I got paid $2,000 and from the next one I got paid $2,000 and the next one I got paid $2,000. So I just averaged out my order. Now if I could work out how to bring up that average order by selling some albums or some upsells or booking another client in and another higher-paying client, then all of a sudden by the end of the year I can work out – all the weddings that I did, the ones that I charged ten thousand dollars plus to the ones that I did for free and I can work at how much did I actually how much was I actually worth? You know, right. so when we talk about how much we're worth because too many of us we overvalue ourselves and think, hey, I'm not gonna show up for free. Because we don't see a big picture and then because of those short term and short sightedness, we end up losing on a lot of opportunities, a lot of connections, a lot of fun, um, a lot of an amazing portfolio and like so many other things. So I think um, just to sort of put a spin on pricing, like I think that's the first concept we need to think about.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, I when you bring up that example makes me think of a wedding that I shot um it was when i was trying to move from new york to michigan and there's like this one venue that like everybody loves like it's this expensive venue whatever it's just like well known and i had a friend that was getting married there and she reached out about wedding photos and i really wanted the wedding because i was like if i book this wedding I, who knows what other weddings I can book from that experience. So I, I charged like something like, at, it was like a thousand dollars or something. Um, and she booked me and I, I'm not even exaggerating. I've had at least like 10 or maybe 11 weddings from that one wedding that I shot like a year or two ago for that price, because I just totally. wanted the experience. And like, you just, I don't know. You, you have to think about the opportunity that comes from shooting for free. I'm also a fan of shooting for free. Like I, I like it. I think it kind of takes away the pressure of like, oh, I have to deliver something awesome because it's just like, you know, I'm doing it for free. Like mm-hmm. I, I just create whatever I want to from it. So I think that's a really interesting concept for sure
0: um yeah and I think there's a lot of rules like not rules but like a lot of guidelines around it too so it's like you know you like what one guideline I always say is like if someone's asking you to do it for free then that's when I usually don't do it like it's got to be on your terms and it's got to be benefiting you in some way and so if you can see it and sometimes you can't see it sometimes you have to open the door to see what's on the other side and it feels like you shouldn't be doing it and all the rest of it. And maybe you cop some hate like I have over the years for sure, because I've undercut the market and I've, you know, I've mm-hmm. done all the things, but um, yeah, I think like you've got to, no one's going to give you your own break and no one's looking out for you. No one has your best interests at heart except you. So you do need to take it on upon yourself to make up your own decisions, not based off what the industry is saying or people on Facebook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Before let's talk about packages then. Yeah. Um I have n- I have no idea how you, like your concept or how you feel on packages for like let's talk about like custom packages or set packages like what what do you think about that and like what should you include like yeah
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think um both are really fantastic and okay. I think everyone does it totally different and there's no right way and no r- real wrong way there's a few guidelines um like one guideline is I think sometimes people have too many packages And it it ends up with buyer's paralysis. And so we don't want to do that. It's kind of like when you go into a drink fridge and there's just too many drink options. It's like, (laughs) what am I supposed to choose, Jai? And, you know, it it becomes, um, the client experience becomes lessened because now you're making your clients think about it. Now, Mm -hmm. I know you're going to ask me a few things about sales, but one important thing about sales is you never should let your clients choose the package that they want because, again, you're just giving a bad a client experience because you are the professional. So you should have the professional opinion on what is the best for them. So do the hard work for your clients so your clients don't have to do the hard work. Right. And that's including mm-hmm. choosing the package. So if my clients come in, I only always have three packages and I can totally make them a custom package if they want, but three base ones. And then yeah. from there, I ask them all the right questions and then they tell me all the right answers. And then I'll say like, hey, based on everything that you're just saying, package three is the exact package that I personally would go for. And I think it's going mm-hmm. to best suit you and I'll tell them why. And chances are they always book the package that I choose for them. So right. I think, um, just getting rid of any kind of bias paralysis. And then the next thing is, of course, um, it never comes down to price where many people think it you know, it's like, they're too expensive and stuff like that. But trust me when I say it's harder to book a free wedding than it is a paid wedding because no one wants to trust you with their free photos. So that's the first one. But as I've always increased my prices, I've always been scared that no one's going to book me and I've always booked more work and I've always booked it more effortlessly. So it's Mm -hmm. funny how that's always worked for me. Um, and it's also, I've had better paying, uh, better clients and people, sorry. People have loved their work so much more, you know, like right. the work that I've created. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure why there's a cor- correlation between that, but we do need to think um, price equals value. A lot of people don't realize that. And so when people say like, hey, I want to increase my value, I'm like, well, increase your price. Because if you increase your price, people will listen more. Uh, people pay people will always uh, listen if they pay and they'll always pay attention, right? So if, you, if they pay, they pay attention and they'll look at the photos and they see it differently. And I'm not saying you should just jack up your price because there is other value items that you need to put up. But mm-hmm. if you're only doing it for free, um, people value it that way. And here's a good example. For my wedding photography summit, I charge, um, $7 and it cost me over six figures to put together. And I have people like Gary Vee and all the amazing, um, uh, wedding photographers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And because it's $7, people see it as it's almost worthless. And the actual feedback that people give me is like, Jai, you could have charged like $14 for this. Not knowing that the event is probably worth more than what most people charge like $2,000 for their events, right? right? But if I charged $2,000, people would have said like, Joe, you could charge like $3,000 for this. But because they're anchored to $7, they're telling me that I'm mad by not charging $14, you know? So the value <laughs> in their mind is so low because just because of the price, that's all it is. It's not because of the right. value. And literally- like, it, like I, I think I paid what Gary V like $50,000 to speak to our community for like 30 minutes and I, right. and I pay, charge everyone $7, but in everyone's minds, like it's only worth now, of course, $7, you know? So right. it's, um, it's funny how in a different setting that would have been worth a lot more, but, uh, price equals value.
1: Yeah. Can I ask, why did you choose such a low price point for the summit? Yeah, Cause like because my my thought is like the lower the price, the more people you're going to get, right? It's the same with weddings too. The lower (laughs) your costs, the more weddings you're going to book. So yeah, I guess that that's my question for you.
0: Yeah. So pricing, there's there's so much in pricing. And one thing that no one ever thinks about is like pricing really comes down to client experience. And it also comes down to marketing. You can use pricing as marketing. And so one thing is like, you are asking me right now, why did I charge that? And Mm -hmm. so it's pure marketing, because right. people are curious and then they talk about it and then they tell people. And when people tell people, they don't say, Hey, you should join this workshop. They say, You should join this workshop. It's $7. Can you believe this guy is actually charging $7? Why didn't <laughs> they charge 10 I don't even know. And so you can use pricing, simple pricing, as marketing. And that's literally right. what we did. And that's one of the reasons why we we're able to bring in so many people to it. So. Um, yeah, there's there's so many things you can do with numbers. It's like a, it's like, it's like a fun game really. But, um, if you want to do marketing differently, then all you need to do is you got to do things differently. And if no one else has ever done it ever, then there's opportunity for you to do something.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Um, so let's talk about (laughs) sales now Uh, because you mentioned sales earlier, like very briefly, and I am interested to hear like, what is your sales process from inquiry to booking when it comes to like wedding photography clients, or I guess it could be just like normal couples too, like that aren't getting married, but just kind of talk me through your sales process and kind of like some of those things that you're like, I feel like this works really well when it comes to booking.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So just to sort of start off, um, talk about the importance of sales. I think a lot of people, a lot of photographers, uh, hate, I don't know why, but they hate sales. It's, kind of, it's mm-hmm. a, actually kind of weird. Um, so I have this ship analogy that I like sort of teach in my course when I teach in business. And so mm-hmm. if you think about a sail ship, you have a mask and then you have, you have sa- actual sails on that mask. And when wind comes, it pushes the ship forward. Right. Okay. And so my analogy always is um, the wind is marketing and you need wind. And what most of us do is we we try and get as much wind as possible. But if you don't raise your masks, then you won't get the sails. Like it, it actually mm-hmm. won't um, push the boat forward. And so the mask right. and the sails is sails. So wind and sails, and so they're both equally as important. So without marketing, uh, nothing's happening. But then without sales, like the marketing is going to fall flat. And then you're on a hamster wheel, you're feeling burnt out, nothing's happening, the algorithms change, we're going to complain about everything because – because of sales. We're well, like, we, we just didn't even realize that there's a whole nother step. We just stopped it. And it's kind of like, um, like, I mean, think about this marketing is like, Oh, Hey, like, uh, my name's Jai, I'm a wedding photographer. And you go, Oh, sweet. And then me just stopping there because I'm like, well, I introduced myself. That's marketing. Like, right. why would I take, take it to the next level? You know, but sales is the next level. And it's one of the most, it, yeah, it's one of the most important aspects of your business. And the most important thing is with sales is um, the best sales people on the planet are simply the best versions of themselves and that's what we always got to remember because you're the best version of yourselves and people want to come to you. And one of the biggest sales that I always say that you have to make is you got to sell yourself on yourself because if you believe in your own products and you would buy your own products, you would sign up to your own services then you're going to be a great salesperson. If you're the person that says, I would never pay me how much I charge. I would never book me. I would never (laughs) want me to shoot my wedding. Then you're probably a bad salesperson because that's going to come through when you're trying to shield your product that you don't even want and you wouldn't even pay for, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first one. you got to sell yourself because if you don't sell yourself and if you're not 100% convinced that everyone that walks through your door are better off booking you over your competitor and if they don't book you, it's an injustice because now they don't get to experience your client experience and your images and everything that you created and you put your work into, then you're probably not going to make the sale. And that's just being right. that's just a hard truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then so from there, like there's a few things we can do with sales. Um, we can automate it and make it really simple or we can customize it and we can make it really personable. So we have Mm. two options. Um, personable always is going to, is going to win, but you can, you can do both and you can do it really well. Um, I personally love to meet with my clients in person. I'm really, I, I'm really good at sales. So I like to meet with them in person because I want to sell to them. And my Mm. mission is to sell to them. I'm like, man, they came to me. It's kind of, I'm going off track, but it's kind of like, you know, when, um, you know, with marketing, right? It's like, oh, I haven't got any work um, and I've, and I've booked all this stuff. Like the problem is you've done marketing wrong. And what the problem is um, you haven't allowed or made it easy for your clients to find you. So it's a bad Mm -hmm. client experience and and you've broken the system. And so I always think about that. Like even with sales, it's like, I have to make it easy for someone to book me. I've got to try and get them to hand over their credit card because that's why they're here. We're both not right. here to waste our time. Right. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So when they come in through the door, basically sales is just listening. It's understanding. Um, it's serving them exactly what they need, exactly what they need, which means upselling as well because mm-hmm. the amount of photographers that I know that said like, oh, I know it would have been easier with a second shooter, but I didn't really want to feel pushy and upsell them. Well, yeah. now you have a problem because you didn't sell them the best services that they wanted and now they don't have a back of the dress shot or they don't have those extra photos that they wanted. So mm-hmm. we have to be clear and concise on like exactly what they're going to get and what they're not going to get. Now a lot okay. of people will say to me, Jo, my budget is $3,000 and your package, um, my budget's $3,000, can you do something? I'll say, yeah, of course. Um, so just to show you what I, what I can do, what you've told me will work out And what you want will work out to be around about $6,000. But what you want is to keep to your budget, which is fine, which is $3,000. And what we need to do is we need to sort of take all these things out because they don't fit in your budget. Now, you tell me, do you want to compromise on your wedding coverage or do you want to compromise on your budget? And 99% of the people say like, oh, man, we only get married once. We'll compromise on the budget. Like, that's fine. There's no problem. And in fact, I just made up the budget, to be honest. Thank you for (laughs) actually challenging me on that. No worries. Mm. So we always need to make sure um, that we understand our clients. If they say, Joe, you're too expensive. I agree. I am too expensive. Wedding photography Mm -hmm. is expensive. I can only shoot one wedding per week and it's on my Saturday, to be honest. And I miss out on a lot of friends and family's birthdays and everything. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Absolutely. Um, Do you want to pay by credit card or PayPal? (laughs) You know. The thing is, when someone says right. something's expensive, it's it's a complaint. That's yeah. all it is. And so think about this. How many times have you gone to buy a pizza and, and the pizza's $20 and you said, oh, man, it's expensive. But then you bought it anyway why right. did you buy it anyway because we all complain we don't want to give away money but you got to mm-hmm. realize that an objection and a complaint's completely different so if someone's complaining hey you got to agree with them yeah it is expensive i am expensive getting married is expensive when i booked my wedding photographer that was expensive do you want to mm-hmm. pay by credit card like how, how do you want to make this happen because right. of course we're going to complain so i think mm-hmm. as wedding photographers because we don't think about sales and we literally just went green and just decided not to learn one thing. Then we allow those things to affect us and go, Oh my God, it's me. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's maybe they hate me. Like maybe, like maybe it's my price guide. I'm going to redesign that for three years. You know what I mean? So we, we start thinking of all these other problems and then we don't address the thing. It's like, well, it's because you hate sales and because you hate sales, it means you've, well, all it does, it means is that you have put the problem onto your clients Mm-hmm. because they also hate sales right here's an analogy if i went to go and buy this shirt that i'm wearing right now that the podcast listeners can't listen i mean see um <laughs> if i went into the shop and i've already chose a shirt i love it i have seen it online i'm just gonna go pick it up i'm gonna go buy it and i went into the shop to go buy the shirt and then on my way out um i'm like okay where's the till uh where's the checkout point how do i pay for this why isn't anyone here so I stand next to the door for like 15 minutes waiting and then no one serves me. Chances are, I'm I'm probably going to put it back. I, like that was a shit client experience. Um, right. And I I don't really want the shirt anymore. Now that's what we do as wedding photographers. And so we don't bring up pricing. We don't talk about pricing. We don't, don't want to talk about sales. And the client's sitting there going like, well, what happens next? What about who takes my credit card? Like, oh, uh, I don't, know what, I don't know what am I supposed to do? And then of course right. they walk away and then everyone says like, Oh, it's my email. I need more email templates. Um, <laughs> so think about this though. If the, Most shops that you have a good experience with, they will say stand in line right there. And once you st- once you come up to the account, like pass me your credit card, I, I'm going to charge your credit card. I'm going to package this up for you. I'm going to have some more small talk. I'm going to pass you this. I'm going to say, have good. Uh, Also, do you want to upsell? Um, I've got a couple of things for you that will go nicely with that shirt. Would you want that? Me? Oh, yeah. Okay, sweet. And then I walk out and go, that was a great client experience. I don't even know why it was good. But the reason why it was good is because the person was confident enough to sell to me. And then I feel good about the sale because they felt good about selling it to me.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Like you have to honestly be willing to like, you have to be willing to sell yourself. Like, like yeah. you're saying the confidence, like people don't even say things like it's, it's funny. Cause when you are talking to like a wedding client, chances are they probably haven't been married before. Like this is their first time going through the whole, like booking process with any wedding vendor. So they don't, they literally don't know what they're doing except you book weddings every single week or, you know, every couple of weeks. So like you should be the one kind of taking charge when it comes to sales. And I'm just over here learning from all of this because that's good. That's really good.
0: (laughs) Well, think about Um, this. You you just brought up a really good point. I just want to share this one. mm -hmm. You are talking about like, as wedding photographers, we, we book clients all the time, you know, and it's just like in and out, in and out, like another person, another person. Uh, I know for me, when I was in my busiest season, like I'm shooting like, you know, 60, 70 weddings per year. And it's just like that. And what a lot of us do is we treat it like that, but we got to remember every client coming through the door, they have never been married before, and you got to mm-hmm. match them where their energy is at all the yeah. time, and that helps with sales, right? So if someone walks through the door, um, I'm like, oh my god, it's happening! Like it's you're finally here. You're you know hiring a wedding photographer is a big deal. You're here mm-hmm. in my yeah. studio, and we're about to look through some albums. I'm going to answer all those crazy questions that you got. You know, like this is exciting. <laughs> And so I Mm -hmm. meet them where they're at because at that point they're scared, they're excited, they're nervous. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many things and I'm sitting and I know that they're like, they've been looking at all my social media accounts. They've been showing their family. They've been looking at my website. They've been watching the slideshows and stuff. And I know this, they know my past clients' names. They always do. They always go, oh, I love Sarah's wedding. That one was awesome. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Sarah was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, so we got to make sure that we meet them exactly where they're at and we can't be jaded and go like, oh, it's just another one. Like, this is what you do next in, next out. I just wanted to share that because energy is an important thing.
1: With film photography being so popular nowadays, I'm very excited to introduce you to our sponsor PhotoVision. PhotoVision is a third generation film lab who scans your rolls of film for you. They produce consistent and quality scans and they even offer custom color correction for your scans. If you know me, I've been getting into film photography lately, and I just sent off two rolls of film to PhotoVision. They're so easy to work with, and you can literally tell that they know what they're doing when it comes to film. They even offer film education on their website, so it helps newbies like me better understand what the heck they're doing. PhotoVision is family-owned, which we love, and their customer service is amazing. They want everyone they work with to feel valued and supported, which honestly, that's how I felt when I've worked with them. PhotoVision is your film processing experts since 1968, and they have an exclusive offer for Osho listeners. Get one free roll of signature process and scans using the code Oshu at checkout. That's Oshu with no spaces at checkout, which will also be linked in the description. Go check it out. No, yeah, you have to like... You have to care about their wedding as much as they do. And I think, like, that the point that you made about them, like, going and showing their family about, like, your social media accounts, that actually is a really huge step for them to take and, like, to go and show their friends and family, like, oh, this is the photographer that we're looking at. And first of all, the fact that you even have a social media presence that they care about, like one that's important, but then the fact that they're going and telling their friends and family in their brain, they've probably already booked you. Like if they're doing that for me, that's what I would do. I'd be like, I'm already booking this person. I'm sending it to all my friends and family. And so you kind of want to care as much about their wedding as they do. So how much they care about their wedding photos, like they're going and showing all their friends and family, your accounts you need to care about their day as much as they do. And that can be tiring. Yes. Yes. But it's, it's just how it goes. Like you want to show that you value their photos and care about capturing their day in a way that, you know, is meaningful. So yeah. Can
0: I tell you a little secret? Sure. (laughs) Well, I know when anyone walks through my door to have a client meeting, I know they already want to book me. You know, it's not a guesswork. Like I already know because I make sure on my website, like I've, I've. they already know what my prices are. They've already talked to me on, like, you know, they've done everything. So they're just literally yeah. coming in because they're excited. So mm-hmm. I could just stand at the door and say, like, you're here. Give me your credit card. I'm swiping it. You know what I mean? Like, but I obviously yeah. don't do that. But what I do do is I act like they've already booked me, you know, mm-hmm. and this is a secret. This is a huge secret to say. I'm, g- I'm giving you all the secrets. But what most people do at this situation is they disconnect themselves and they, and they don't actually act like they've booked them, right? So they'll say like, oh, if you work with me, I'm, I'm, a, like, I'm a fairy tale wedding photographer and I take like pictures of stars and I do all these things and you talk to them as if like they don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so you're meeting him, there's the wrong energy and you're meeting him at the wrong point in the sales journey. In, in every single, um, business, you have a sales journey. You've got a client journey for client experience. Um, you, there's so many journeys that you have to map out to have a successful business. So it's repeatable over and over. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things. So, because you need to know how you talk to people at different stages. And if they walk through the door and I introduce myself, um, I, I misread the room. If, if I'm trying to sell them my services, I've misread the room because that's not what they're mm-hmm. there for. They're there to say, okay, so is Jaya creep because he's going to be around all my friends and family and I want to make sure he's cool? Okay, so he's cool. This is good. Okay, so mm. is he confident because he's going to be, I'm going to be like, he's going to be pointing a camera at me. I want to know that he's going to be able to look after my friends and family during those family photos. Okay, yeah, he seems confident. Okay, sweet. Mm. Everything's going good. And so this is what they're going through. And I know where they're at, right? Mm -hmm. So when they come in through the door, do I try and sell them? No, I get to work and I tell them what we're going to do. I say, hey, so before you came in, um, I've already looked at your timeline because you sent me over that. I've looked at the um, sunset time. I've noticed one little problem here. Also, you're getting married at one of the busiest times in this town. You've really got to think about all the guests um, booking in there their accommodation really fast. I'm probably just going to book in my accommodation real fast as well to make sure that we all get good accommodation. So pass that message on to all your clients and I get to work with them. And then, and then I'm like, okay, so pass me your credit card. So, um, I'll charge you the, uh, 10% now and the rest of you two, two weeks before the wedding. Like, is that all good? Do you need a payment plan or anything? Like you let me know what you need because I'm here to look after you, you know? So, you know, however, to make it easy for you. And so the way that I act is I'm not trying to book them. I've already booked them. Does that make sense?
1: No, that makes perfect sense. And I think a lot of the times, even just for me, like I, I get this feeling like that I'm being too pushy. Like I don't want, like, it's almost embarrassing to assume that someone is like so sold on you already, but Mm -hmm. it comes down to like the confidence aspect of it, of like just being confident in the fact that you've taken them through the right steps already by them, you know, going on your website, you've weeded out the people that don't want to, you know, that aren't good fits for you. And now the people that come to you are the people that are pretty much ready to book with you already. So.
0: Well, you always hear like educators say like, um, make sure you solve people's problems. And then, but it's like, what does that mean? And if you're not acting this way, you're not solving the problem because the problem is they just want to get to work, you know? So. Um, I hired like a, an architect just like a few weeks ago. And what I did is I emailed like five architects and I was like, I need to build this building because I also do like property development. I need to build this building. Mm -hmm. And, um, four of them wrote back saying like, Hey, we could do this. And here's a quote and here's this. And one of them wrote back as if I've already, they already booked me. Mm-hmm. And they literally just wrote back saying like, hey, Jai, so no worries. We're going to get started this on this straight away. This is what we're going to do. This, this, this. We're going to get the first draft on you in a week's time. After that, we're going to have this and this and this. And also the invoices are attached. And I was like, oh, my God, he's already started working. He's solved my problem. <laughs> like I don't even need to do anything. It's, I don't even need to choose between the four because he's right. already chose himself. Yeah. Like he's solved my problem. Does that make sense? And no, so yeah. too many of us, we give too many problems. And we're giving them too many choices. Go, oh, but I'm a I'm a documentary wedding photographer. And oh shit. I now got another problem because what's the difference between that and another photographer? I better go and check that other photographer and see what they've got. And we give all these problems and we never give answers. <laughs> and and that's yeah. a problem.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. Honestly. That that is so funny. I've recently been reaching out to Oh, what is it? Like contractors basically. And I kind Mm -hmm. of have the same experience where it's just like, I don't know when you're reaching out to so many people at once, getting the same answer back every single time, like what differentiates people, you know, like it, it is the, the response, you know, it's what, what is making you stand out compared to other people. Um, so you kind of have to think about that when you're like, Making the first well, it's not of the people. reason
0: why I say it doesn't come down to price because honestly, the other guys were cheaper than this guy and this guy was more competent. I could clearly mm-hmm. tell that. And so then right. I was like, well, I'm willing to pay more, you know, and we do this all the time. I, I hired someone yesterday, um, just because of the web, her website copy. And so this girl, she, um, she is like, uh, basically like a mental health doctor. And so she, I was just like having a look around to see if I can get some help with a few things. And this girl, her website just said exactly everything that I am dealing with right now. And mm-hmm. I know she's three times more than everybody else's with their crappy websites. But I was like, man, the way that she's already helping me before I even get in touch with her, I don't even care how much it is. I need her. Like I have to have this. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. I am such a website snob when it comes to like, (laughs) I, because some, you know, I, I book sessions with photographers. Like if me and my husband travel, like, you know, we want photos. So I'll do, I'll do a little bit of searching and look at photographers. And the website is like the first thing that I'm like, like, this is what I'm judging you on. Like, yes, your mm-hmm. photos, but like, I want to like feel on your website, like, okay, you are the perfect person for me. Um, and Absolutely. I think, I think websites are such a huge thing. Um, anyway, uh, we could go down that road for a while, but I wanted to switch gears and talk a little bit about marketing. Um, yeah. And th- I have a very generic question for you. Take it whatever direction you want. Um, but what are some <laughs> of your favorite marketing strategies for photographers? (laughs) Um, so generic, I know, but
0: (laughs) this is a really good question. And I think, um, I think I've got a really good answer for you. That's going to really help your clients right now. Um, if you listen to this right now, what many of us do is we try and jump onto any marketing strategy, especially if if you heard Jai talk about it on a podcast episode. You're like, yeah, there's the next one. I'm going to go jump on this thing. This is awesome. And the problem is like every marketing strategy works differently for every market and every business. And mm-hmm. so it's easy for me to say like, oh, Instagram's the way and then you get onto Instagram and then all of a sudden feel overwhelmed because it's not growing and you don't know how to do it. And then someone's trying to sell you a course on it and then you're trying to do the course and it's getting even harder and, and you know, all the rest of it. And Mm -hmm. so we don't really want to do marketing like that. What I want you to do, and this is my favorite way, my favorite marketing strategy is by looking at my past 10 clients and seeing how they found me. That's my favorite marketing strategy. And Mm -hmm. then when I see that, I'm like, Ooh, I just need to do that again. Now, anyone here can do this right now. So if you, um, get out a pen and paper, list out your 10 last bookings and every single one, how did they find you? If you don't know that information, email them, find out that information, like be direct. And mm-hmm. then there's a there's always a pattern. There's always a pattern. And so when you find a pattern, you might see like, ooh, six of them was word of mouth. Wow, okay. But why are you trying to do Facebook ads and you don't know how to do Facebook ads, you've never got a lead before on Facebook ads and you're not doing the six things that booked you your last wedding bookings, right? And so that's the most important thing. So whatever it is for everyone. And when I do mentoring and, and, uh, everything in, in my business map and stuff, that's the first thing we do. And when we do this, we work out exactly what works for people. We can actually see patterns as well. And I'll show them patterns. And then from there, they can book so much more work and you will book so much more work if you simply do this one thing, because you're going to stop putting energy and effort into the thing that's not working the most. And you're going to double down on what works the most. Now, what most of us do is we will hustle on the thing that doesn't work. And we've been taught this at school because at school, everyone tells you to stop doing what you do, what you're good at and double Mm. down on what you're bad at. So for instance, I was good at um, art uh, and I was bad at maths. And for some reason I had to do extra maths homework, extra assignments on maths, tutoring on maths, and I didn't do anything on art. And to me, that's a crying shame. And so we are taught this, right? And so now we go, oh, I'm bad at Facebook ads. So I'm going to sign up to a course on Facebook ads. I'm going to learn Facebook ads. I'm going to try. I'm going to grip my teeth on it. I'm going to spend some money. And we waste all this time and money. And then we lose all of our work. And at the end of it, we're just frustrated. And it's because we taught the wrong thing, wrong information. So just go back. You've already booked clients. If you've already booked clients, then you've already got working marketing. And you can double down Mm -hmm. on that. And you can stop doing what, what, what doesn't work. Now, quick story, just real quick. Um, when I worked this out, there's an epiphany moment for me, and this was in 2014, and I was hustling on Instagram, and so I was like, man, I was getting frustrated, and so I wrote down 10 last people that booked me, and I actually looked, and five of them was from one single venue, and I was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm why did I not know this? And so, yeah. of course, right there, I dropped everything, I drove out to that venue, And then I went in and I like just started talking to the owner. Anything I can do? Do you want me to take some photos? Do you want me to shoot an event for free? Do you want me to shoot a wedding for free? Like what do you want me to do? And I Mm -hmm. doubled down on that and then all about 10 venues in that area, I went to all of them. And then from that one weekend of driving around, I booked six figures worth of work. And also I realized no one else was there because everyone's hustling on Instagram, you know? And so the old saying goes, like you can't compete. You have to make everyone else irrelevant. In marketing, is the most important thing. If you compete with everybody, unless you're the best in the world, unless you're the best on Instagram, then you you probably don't have a chance. But if you make everyone else relevant by finding out where your competitors are not, you're going to dominate. And let's be honest, you only have to book, what, 30 weddings per year, 40 weddings. Like It's not hard. So mm-hmm. if that's what you need to do, you probably don't need thousands of Instagram followers.
1: <laughs> right. No, yeah. That's so true. It's like finding... Finding the gap and finding where nobody is, and then inserting mm-hmm. yourself there. Um, yeah. and I think like that's what a lot of photographers who like move their business places. That's where that's where the challenge is when you move your business from one location to another. Like the challenge is okay. There's already so many people here, and I don't have a name for myself. How do I do that? Literally by doing mm. something that nobody else is doing. Right. Um, exactly. That's really good. You did talk about paid ads, and I wanted to ask you how do yeah. you feel about paid ads for photographers? Like yay nay why they
0: work and um it just comes down to your area so you you sort of touched on a point there like if you go into a saturated market the reason why Mm -hmm. it's saturated in your mind is because you're looking at the saturation and so you're looking at the wrong thing and so Mm -hmm. all you have to do is look at the opportunities and that's where people are not so for instance if i just moved to florida it's easy for me to look at Instagram and go, oh my God, there's too many photographers in Florida. Not everyone's right. on Instagram and not everyone's looking around on Instagram. So look at other things. Now, one thing you can do, you can actually have a look. There's a, there is a website, I can't remember what it's called. There's a website where you can have a look at Facebook ads in your area that your competitors are running. Now, chances oh. are, funny enough, most wedding photographers don't actually run Facebook ads. Now, right. if you want to make everyone else relevant and do what other people are not doing, all you have to do is have a look at like some simple tools like that, um, have a look at that and then go, Oh, no one's running an ad. If I'm the only one in all of Miami, uh, doing this, then happy days, you know, I know I'm going to book something cause I'm standing out. So that's what it comes down to. Facebook ads work. Yes, they definitely work. I run mm-hmm. lots of ads. I run hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ads every year, um, for like various businesses and mm-hmm. The way that we do it is just by not competing with everybody else because once you compete with other people it's not like Instagram where you just lose engagement you lose money because it's a bidding war for people's attention. Mm-hmm. So the more right. p- competitors, the higher it costs to book someone.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just want I just wanted to hear your opinion on that. Um I think the last like <laughs> the last mic drop question I have for you because I'm kind of just going to leave this open ended for you. Um but (laughs) what would you say to a photographer who has like experience but isn't booking a lot so like like what would you say to someone who's struggling with booking what would you say to kind of help them with that
0: um there's one simple thing that they can do right now and it's in their sales funnel so a whole business works as a sales funnel and what you can do um is Uh, I don't know if I can plug anything. I've actually got a free video on this, but I can can send you a link afterwards or something. But Mm -hmm. um, where I go through it on a whiteboard. So what you do is um, you need to get get out a whiteboard, get out a piece of paper or something, and I want you to work out your sales funnel. So the sales funnel is from where people find you, so maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's an ad or something, to your website, Mm -hmm. and then I want you to track using Google Analytics or something, how many people get on your website, then from there, how many people email you? Then from there, how many people from the email get to the meeting? Then from there, how many people from the meeting book you? Now there's always okay. a problem and it's insanely easy to double your income by doing this as well because most people will work on the wrong thing. Now, for instance, maybe you've got 30,000 followers on Instagram and you're getting no bookings. But if you look at your website, maybe you're getting no traffic on your website. So maybe you're poor at Directing traffic to your website, creating an irresistible mm-hmm. offer, having a call to action, uh, having it easy for people to find your website, having a reason for people to go to your website. like There's there's a problem there. Now, if you're getting lots of people onto your website and then you're getting no inquiries, hey, it's pr- probably 100% your copy. I know, it's, I know it is your copy. You'll have a really terrible call to action. In fact, your call to action probably is on the bottom of your website, and this kills me. Follow me on Instagram. So you're sending people from Instagram and they go through your website and then you are sending people back to Instagram and like <laughs> talk about, you know, sales is solving people's problems and you're, you're creating this big loop of a problem, right? And so you don't even know it's there. So your whole business could be losing out on six figures just because you have that terrible call to action. <laughs> so that's yeah. just some honest truth right there. <laughs> now, you've got to make it easy. You, and on your website, you've got to check like, well, can people find me? Like, do I have my location straight away? Does it say Jai, Miami, Florida? Like, really quickly, is it clear on what I do? Is it, am I solving their problem in some way? Am I over promising on my website? Because if you're under promising on your website, you're going to lose. It's, you need to over promise and then deliver on that stuff. Um, and then from there, okay, maybe you're getting lots of website inquiries and then no one gets back to your emails. So you have a clear problem. Your email is wrong. You need to fix mm-hmm. the way that you write to your email, how quickly you write back. So I think it's 88% more chance of booking a client if you if you get back to them within 55 minutes. There's some crazy stat like that. Okay. Um, the email is really important. You need to get to work and act as if they've already booked you when they get onto the email because people don't write emails for no reason. Um you need to know what uh, triggers and what to write in the email. Don't write about yourself. No one wants to hear about you. That's not what an email is about. Like they've already been on your website. They've already seen your about me video. They've been on your Instagram. And if you get on your website, I mean on the email, and you start saying something like, I'm a documentary wedding photographer and I'm going to make you feel comfortable and I'm going to do this, then you just didn't read the room. And so again, you're wrong in the sales. You you know, you need to know where people are at sort of thing. Um, So your email could be the problem. Okay. Now, maybe people get on your email and they write to you and then you send out your price guide and they never get back to you. Well, maybe your price guide's wrong. Maybe your pricing's wrong. Maybe you you misjudged on what people are willing to pay what you think you're worth. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you've given them buyer's paralysis because you didn't tell them what, what actual um, package that they need, maybe like whatever it is. It could be different branding to your website. So you've you've created mistrust. It could be so many different tiny things on that um and there is a lot of things that we can fix to make that a high converting thing and then from there maybe they come and meet you in person and then they don't don't book you and that's simple they just don't like you (laughs) (laughs) no that's not really that's not really why like here's another little little story right um i had i had a time when i booked uh, I, i got a new studio space and i was booking so much work before this new studio space and then people were coming in um to my new studio and they just weren't booking me And it came down and I I sat in that room and I was like, for three months now I haven't had one booking. This never happens. I book clients every single week, right? And um, I just sat there and I was like, what is the problem? And I was feeling the room, looking around, and I realized what it was. The room was fucking cold, (gasps) really cold, right? And so it was winter. There was a broken window in the room that no one fixed, like the landlord never fixed, and it was so cold. There was no heater in there, and I was like, You know what? When someone walks into this room, they're not going to book me because they're thinking about how uncomfortable they are and that client experience. So I got a heater, I brought in some candles, brought in some fresh flowers, got some sparkling water, put on some music, and then I just started booking straight away again. And that's simply all it was. And so you need to think objectively like this, because if you don't, you just think it's yourself and you're unlikable, but chances are you are unlikable. Maybe someone's just sitting there uncomfortably cold. Now, there was an actual social experiment that was done where um, they got, let's just say, and this could be completely way off, but the principles are, are right. So they got a cold room and they sat 50 people in the cold room and they gave them cold coffees and they all had to sit there for two hours and then afterwards they pitched them an idea and they wanted to see how happy these people are and if they're willing to buy the idea. And then they got a second room. And it was a warm room and they gave them hot coffees to sit there for two hours. Now, it was almost like a 90% um, engagement rate in terms of them wanting to listen to the idea, even contemplate the idea and even pay for the idea for the warm room. But for the cold room, it was almost a 0%. No one fucking cared. Because they were just like, I'm cold, get me out of this room, right? And so that's the same as our sales funnel. There's, There's always something along the line and it could be something as simple as that. Something as simple as like sending people back to your Instagram from your website. It could be something as simple as like, I don't care anymore because the experience is terrible and that's why I'm not booking you. I went to someone else. I went to Jai. I mean, that dude's a sales machine. He just sucked me in and I gave him his credit, my credit card. You know what I mean? So watch out for people like me because I will love, I love sales and I love selling. So um, you've got competitors out there that are doing the hard work when it comes to sales. And so you need to do that hard work.
1: Yeah, that. (laughs) That is so, that's such an interesting uh, experiment. I feel like it's about creating the right environment, right? And like in a physical sense, but also in a metaphorical sense, like Mm -hmm. the environment is what's going to lead someone to booking. Um, And it can be a simple fix as candles or um, website copy. I think like a lot of the times when we're in this mindset of, oh, I'm not booking, what's wrong? I'm just going to go redo everything. I'm going to redo my website. I'm going to redo my pricing guide. I'm going to like redo everything. But like you were saying, just like do the research in those areas and find where like the lack is. So then you're not wasting your time because like it's tempting to just go and fix everything and spend all of your time fixing everything and hoping that it works, but you kind of have to just do the research like you said and figure out where the gap is and fix it (laughs) like
0: you know what is funny like i mean businesses so many people say to me like um because i sell a business course right and so many people Mm -hmm. say like oh i'm I'm skeptical like how could you teach business like every business is different and people don't realize that. it's not like that every business is the same it's literally the same as taking a photo it's like yeah you could change the f-stop but you also have to change the shutter speed there's Mm. other variables of course but there's only one perfect exposure. There's only one. Mm -hmm. It can be underexposed, can be overexposed, but there's only one. And it's a repeatable process. You can always find the mass to get to it. And it's the Mm -hmm. same as business. Like so many people think it's a mystery, but the reason why I can get people results so quick is because there ain't no mystery. You can see a pattern straight away and it's systemized and you can literally go like, all you have to do is this and this and this. And then Mm -hmm. people go like, Oh my God, you're a genius. I'm like, I'm not. Literally just looking at the pattern. That's all. Like it's it's right in front of us. <laughs> it's right. right in front of you. You know. Right. But it's because we're emotional, though. It's because we're creatives, and we go like, oh my god, like it's all it's me though. They hate me, or they hate my prizes. Oh, I'm not worth it. And it's not. We have got to disconnect ourselves from, our, like our own ego of us loving ourselves so much, and go like, no, wait a second. Maybe it's not us. Maybe it's the experience they're having on our ship whilst they're on board our ship, and all we're doing. Maybe we're not our ship. We're just building a big ship that we're proud of. And we're the captains. We get to be the captain and we get to create a beautiful client experience. We get to do sales and we get to work with amazing people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Cool. Well, honestly, uh, this whole episode has been so good. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to come on. I do want everyone to be able to find you and follow you and all of that. So kind of just tell everyone where they can find you. Um, and if you have any like good resources out there, I can link everything in the description too. So
0: yeah, cool. Um, I have a podcast called make your break and there's like tons of stuff on there. Um, and, I do have a, it's a hard URL, but I have a waitlist for my, for my course, which is a six figure business map. And if you do join that waitlist, um, I can give you the URL, but I give mm-hmm. you a free training straight away, a video training where I'll get a whiteboard out and I show you exactly the metrics and everything on how to work out your fun, your sales funnel. So you can okay. double your income pretty quick and that's free. And so if you join that, um, I won't tell you what the, what the URL is cause it's too long, but it's in the show notes. Okay.
1: Yes. I'll put it in the description. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on today's episode. It was so great meeting you and talking with you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been uh, yeah exciting. It's an exciting day.
1: (laughs) Yes. Before we go, don't forget to head on over to photovisionprints.com to claim your free roll of their signature process and scan service using the code OSHOOT. And if you're looking to further your photography education, be sure to check out their full library of photography tips on their website. Thanks again to Jai for coming on today's episode, and I hope that everyone has a great rest of their day.
0: Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit higher With every step I take, I'm getting good Getting a little bit better I'm climbing to the top we're gonna stop I'm-